This cross-politic episode is brought to you by Grand American Piano. Check them out at grandamericanpiano.com. They are one of the biggest supporters of cross-politic, and they keep the lights on for us. grandamericanpiano.com. Kavanaugh Circus is turning into a swamp. What? Yes. That's right. Senator Ben Sass wants to drain the swamp. That's, that's Trump's job. That's going to be Senator Trump. You guys heard about the Chinese church? Faith Whoa. persecution. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting hit. Yeah. They're getting hit. And then and then we got Zach Lockenschlager coming on the show. <laughs> you allowed to say that? Is that good? Was it's that a good? family show. That's good. Let's just keep going. Let's say just keep going. Zach Lockenschlager. <laughs> that was good. All right. That was one of my many accents. <laughs> oh. Man. oh, man. It's good to be here with you guys. All right, all right. So I got Pastor Toby Chalknox, the water boy. Hey. Thanks for joining us. Good to be with you. Make sure you guys share the show, like the show, love the show. Don't, lo- don't do the angry thing. I love what Marcus does. He's like, he says uh, sharing is currency. So share. Please. Share, please. share, share. <laughs> and, of course, the best way to support us is becoming a club member. We really appreciate our club members. We're very grateful for you guys, and we'd love to see more. As always, you can yeah. join at CrossPolitik.com. When you join, you get access to all our digital content, which oh. includes... More and more is coming slowly. Our Worldview slowly. Shotgun Series. Much better timing than that's last good, time. That's that's good. Good. Musician good. partners, yeah. including Jenny and Tyler. Where's Timothy Brindle? Huh? I'm waiting uh, on Timothy Brown. Go baptize your kids if exactly. you have children. What if, I need, I need what if they need, need the stuff. keys to the kingdom? That was so bad. That was so bad. <laughs> Including discounts oh, in our merch store. You want to buy some some clothes? Some, did you, did you, did you see, see the baptized onesies? The, the onesies? <laughs> oh, I like those. Was oh, that good? I like those. So, so one onesie says baptized, baptized, period. And the other onesie says baptize me, Period. So look, so get, we got, we got the Baptist for your Baptist friends. No, 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 they're not Baptist. They're both Presbyterian. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, but it's a gift for your Baptist yeah, friends. Yeah, Just yeah. a little love from your Presbyterian <laughs> friends over across politics. Anyways, and for a limited time, if you join, mm-hmm. is this still is this still yeah, an option? I think we got we got one or two books. Oh, for a limited so time. So if you join now, you can email yes. us and request a copy of a book from Jovial Press. Yes. While supplies last, and it's like they're about gone. Yeah, yeah, they're about gone. So just email us all that stuff. So the Kavanaugh hearing, it turned into a circus, right? We saw the circus it was, happen. It started it, 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 as a circus. It, 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 it never was anything it but a circus. Well, now it's it's winding down. Okay, so the, we're we're done okay. with the hearing, and now okay. it's winding down. Now they're supposed to vote next week. Right, so the, the Democrats actually punted. Is somehow they're actually supposed to vote this week? But they some, did an onside kick. Whatever they did, yep. it's redundant. You and, said Democrats and punt. <laughs> <laughs> so, but now the pressure is heating up on the vote, and people are starting to go after kind of the left leaning Republicans, right, and all this, or the, or the Republicans what? that can be well maneuvered. <laughs> The, the Republicans that but can be specifically, there are two pro-choice senators. The yes, Republican senators right. who are pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a senator from Maine, and I think it's a senator mm-hmm. from Alaska. Yeah, ain't that your hometown? My, my home, my homeland. Was it really? You need to talk Alaska, to your man. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah. So the Kavanaugh hearings, they're over. We're going into the vote, uh, and the attention turning to uh, the senator from Maine, Susan Collins. Right. And Susan Collins, she's been known to flop and, and vote with Democrats. Well, she's pro-choice. She's, yeah, she's pro-choice and all that. And so Democrats Shame. are on a full-court press uh, to to get her. Right. They're after her. And they've actually sent over 300 coat hangers. I think you mean 3,000. 3,000, excuse me, 3,000 coat hangers to her office in like the last couple of weeks. Right. It's, you know, of course, that's connected to the abortion <laughs> protests, you know, coat hangers. Right, right. Back alley abortions, all that stuff. And then in addition to this. But wait, wait, wait. I'm just a second. So when they send ahead. the coat hangers, why are they sending the coat hangers? It's a symbol. It's a symbol to when the government used to force women to. to Do back alley to, abortions. Oh, so it wasn't the government actually doing no. it. it no, was, no, nobody women, was forcing it. Women were doing this to themselves. They were doing that to themselves. And so. How was it? Yeah. Okay. It, yeah, I yeah. Don't, so it's Susan's fault. Yeah. <laughs> right. So Basically. Did, yeah. So yeah, follow follow the argument. In fact, it's, you know, on the news recently, did you see Chelsea Clinton crying? I try not to. Oh. She was crying because she's a deeply re- religious person, Christian person, and because of this, um, she's pro-choice. I missed that one. Yep, we should have a clip from she, that one. She's crying. Well, and you know, she's tearing why, up. Why though? We might she's a deeply religious Christian person, and that's why she's pro-choice, and okay. that's why they need to vote against Kavanaugh. Wow. So wow. 
Well, you know, because a women's the- right to choose, it, you have to, you know, that's endangering, endangering so many lives to make them have to use hangers uh. to kill their babies. She didn't say it like that. Is logic just dead? Logic is dead. <laughs> is lo- did logic- We're going to get to the coherent, incoherent thing uh, here in a, a okay. little bit. Look, all right, all right. I, and here's the thing. So, big picture, think about Kavanaugh. I know, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but I know a lot of pro-life Christians are pretty nervous about Kavanaugh. Sure. Um, especially some of his answers where he said things like Roe versus Wade is important, settled precedent. Yeah. You heard him say that? Yeah, that does make my does skin make you crawl. nervous? Does it make you nervous? Yeah. Right? Because yeah, I, I know, I know yeah. what you want. Meme that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ch- I know what you want. Chocolate Knox wants a Supreme Court nominee that walks into the Senate and says, abortion is murder. Stop killing the babies. Thus saith the Lord. That's what I'm he like, wants. I'm voting for that guy. That's that what he wants. That's what he wants. You get it, Kavanaugh's not doing that. Okay. And so Susan Collins, senator from Maine, actually met for two hours with Kavanaugh. Uh, with Kavanaugh, yeah. came out of the mm-hmm. meeting and said that Kavanaugh uh, reassured her that he believed that it was settled precedent. She didn't say whether or not she was going to vote for him, but it sounded like she felt pretty assured mm-hmm. that it was fine. Mm-hmm. Now, who knows what happens in in closed room sessions like that? Um, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the pro-abortion liberals are freaking out yep, yep. they've sent thousands of coat hangers chelsea clinton's crying um and all of this, this is what happens when you threaten Molech, though yeah it's you right threaten Molech, violence sure. and rage but here's the, but that's my point though is yeah. i the it's hard to know how to read it like is kavanaugh being slick and smooth is right. he is he another one of these republican nominated supreme court justices who gave us roe versus wade Ooh, who have upheld yeah. roe versus wade yeah. remember all the most important um, abortion rulings since 1973 have been given to us, delivered to us by Republican, by Republican nominated Supreme Court justices. Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. Yep. you know, so there's a reason why we're a little gun shy. But here's the thing: I think the more important thing is the liberal freakout. Yeah. I, I mean, I well, I could be wrong. Think, do you think there's there's an element? But I, I think the liberal freakout <laughs> is like I'm reading that and I'm saying, all right, Kavanaugh. You just like to be entertained. You just like to be entertained. Oh, sure. <laughs> but, liberals are freaking yeah, out. But yeah. a question for you. So I think part of the reasons why the liberals are jumping up on, uh, oh, let me play the devil's advocate a little bit. The liberals are jumping up on Roe v. Wade because it's easy. It stirs up their base. But they also might know that Kavanaugh is not really going to overturn it anyways. It's possible. But it, uh, you know, but you it's know, possible. It's amazing. And I know that this isn't, but it's amazing that liberals are freaking out over the possibility of women losing rights. And you have millions upon millions of babies, human beings, that don't even have them. Right. So I don't believe for a second that these people are concerned and crying no. or moved passionately no. No. by rights of humans. Right. And, and, to, and exactly. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. And, like, and to Gabe's point, I mean, even if Roe versus Wade is not in, inherently threatened here, I think they are recognizing, though, that he is a constitutionalist. Yeah, right. Um, Which scares them, freaks them out. <laughs> and and yeah. so even if um, he doesn't have the backbone to actually cast a vote to overturn Roe versus Wade, which I think is live possibility. Yeah. Um, they all they do know that um, all the uh, the momentum that they've been building over the last number of decades to make the Constitution mean whatever they want it to mean. Yeah. Is is gone. That's that's nearly yeah. gone, and they, that's and that's a, that's the difference um, in terms of the the power play yeah that i think they see that it was really fun i haven't watched one of these before i yeah. kind of picked up on the highlights yeah. let me tell you something i was at work but i was recording the whole thing and i yeah. come home grab dinner and the whole family would sit around and we had watched the thing really civics lesson wow <laughs> and my my daughter alex yeah. the oldest she's 10 she's like really she's like daddy how come that all the people on this side seem to ask questions about how he feels and everybody on this side is asking questions about what the Constitution Alex? says. That's oh, good. I'm like, wow. girl. That's good, Alex. <laughs> She's baptized. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Well, and I was when I was watching the hearings, I was just like, where's the democratic like logic and you know coherency in all this? I've seen. Uh, he did I, it I think, again. I think coherency. I think liberal logic. That hashtag should start trending. You know, yeah. liberal hashtag liberal logic. Mm. No, mm. but uh, it, and I was I was watching uh, uh just this last week uh, a guy. Professor walked on his college campus with a gun in his hand and shot himself in the bathroom to protest the Republican administration. Did he see, kill himself? No, he, he just he just wanted he, he shot wanted himself people, in the leg. Or he something? wanted people to look at him. <laughs> but no, he, but he, he when the cops came and arrested him, he said, "I did this because I'm I'm protesting President Trump." So I mean, 
So, this you know, anti-gun. We need some more Trump, party. Yeah. Trump protests. This is Go. just like the hanger thing. Yeah. This is like, we need more gun control. What, so people don't shoot themselves? He would have grabbed a knife and stabbed himself in protest. Yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, Go from gun to knife. Sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean... But this is why the swamp needs to be drained, and this is why I'm excited about Senator Ben Sass and his proposal. Oh, what did he do? Did you see this? This is making me excited. So Senator Ben Sass this last week, he uh, released five... Uh, commandments. Yeah, but yeah, five, mm. f- five, five things Five commandments he, of Sass. <laughs> that, to drain the swamp. Okay. Number one, he wants cabinet members and their immediate family... Um, that they can't solicit donations from foreign sources. Okay. So, so cabinet members, immediate family can't solicit foreign sources. That's good. I'm in. Presidential and vice presidential candidates must disclose their tax returns. That Two. You know, that's obviously a Trump. He's going okay. to Trump on that one. Yeah. Create a public database of congressional HR settlements. Make disclosures quicker, uh, disclosures quicker and increase personal financial liability for members of Congress. Basically, this is getting at... Uh, uh, there's a, actually a line item budget that that goes to fund uh, when a senator or a legislator gets in trouble for whatever reason. But a lot of the reasons have been coming from sexual promiscuity and right. So they're they're having to pay sort of off prostitutes and people they like got that. Their own Stormy Daniels situations. That, they're uh, paying off. We don't know the, that are taking them to court while right. they're in office. And so that's we the pay key. for it. Yeah. Yes, we, there's a line item you budget for it. that goes to pay for yeah. senators and legislators who get in trouble. And some of it's some of it's good yeah. protection. There's a reason why they have to have it because there really are. You know, if you're in public light, office, people yep. will will make stuff up about you, yep. sure. and so they got to be able to sure. deal with that. But he's saying, which this is great, just have mm-hmm. a a public database of those settlements mm-hmm. so you can say you can see who. And how many times? And how many, you know, what it was for, and what, yep. you know, and so you can. You know, there's a little bit of uh, accountability. Yep. Sure, absolutely. Number four. No members of Congress may buy or sell stocks during their time in office. I have a hard, I have a hard time with this one. Why? Well, because part of, I mean, I, I understand what he's getting at here. Because part of the problem is that the government's so involved in the stock market, so yeah. they have so many strings that they can pull and play that will actually affect the stock market. And if that wasn't the case, um, I would actually prefer this not not to be there. But the problem is the government's so involved. Yeah. So you you're know. saying if it was a free market, this wouldn't be an issue. Not, well, and if the and government wasn't such a behemoth, didn't have such because everything power. everything yeah. that the government yeah. does like has these significant. I mean, yeah. the that's, fact that Trump good. is bragging about the stock market right. on Twitter yeah. Yeah. tells you like he thinks and apparently is creating a certain kind of business confidence and. Oh, yeah. just his election alone right. changed the stock market. And so this is just <laughs> yeah, recognizing, right. yeah, this it is just up. recognizing yeah. that the role of the government is so significant yeah. that you should not be able to buy and sell stocks um, yeah. while you're in office. But you have a problem with this, yeah? Well, because I'd I'd prefer you know legislators, um, you know senators, to be able to do private business while they're in office. Um, you know, even when you're campaigning for like governor of Idaho, there's certain restrictions that drastically prohibit you from making money while you're even campaigning. Yeah. Why are you even trying to, you know, get into office? We don't pay them good enough or what? Um, our governor in Idaho makes like $125,000 a year. That's it. Oh. Yep. Of course, there's benefits that come with that. Do we need and, to make all right. more? Uh, uh, well. <laughs> okay. Last one. My favorite one. A lifetime ban on members of Congress making money lobbying. I think that one's, that one's my favorite out of yeah. this whole list. Because right. they go to the, they go, they make all these deals, they make all these relationships, and then they turn that into money and lobbying for a lifetime. They retire yeah. yep. and lobby for a lifetime. Notice Painful. That every one of these proposed regulations yep. of the five commandments of SAS yep. has like, to do with money, money, the Benjis, the Skrill, money. Jesus identified this problem when he says you cannot serve God and mammon, right? Yep. Um, this was something embedded in God's law from the beginning. Yeah. Um, in Exodus 23, it says you shall not, you shall take no bribe. For a bribe blinds the discerning and perverts the words of the righteous. Mm, even the righteous. Even yeah, notice that. the righteous. So yeah. even, even a just yeah. man, an otherwise mm-hmm. just righteous man, is perverted yep. by bribes, by money. Yeah. Um, you shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe. For a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise mm. and twists the words of the righteous. Deuteronomy sixteen nineteen. Again. That's yeah. Old Testament, though. Yeah, and it's in the Bible. It was God breathed. Yeah, that's for those people at that time under that covenant. It's, it's, New it's, covenant. it's, it's, it's what Jesus quoted himself with, oh. when his, his battle with the devil. Oh, Jesus quoted. The yeah, he says, "Scripture says, oh, that's right. that's as right. it is written, that's right. it though. a man shall not live by bread alone." That's from Deuteronomy. Yeah, um, all these SAS regulations are basically attempts to limit bribes. Yeah, it's just it's just sophisticated bribery. Yeah, that's right. Right, yeah. foreign um, contributions playing the. Um, Playing the stock market, 
um, getting jobs, lobbying. Um, it's just a bunch of bribes. Yeah, and there's uh, there's history of this. It's interesting, though. I wonder why the Democrats haven't because they've they've wanted to push for stuff like this, <laughs> at least in name. Right. But then Hillary has raised, and she raised, I think, about twenty five million dollars from uh, the the Saudi um, king or whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. this in the last couple. I wonder years. why he won her election. <laughs> yeah, what is that? So there's, there's been a lot of foreign bribes out know. there, but also, I mean, I think a John McCain had foreign donors. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. it happens on both right. And but left, you know, this but, this is flowing yeah. right out of the church's failure to understand money and justice. Mm-hmm. We we have messed this up. Did you guys catch the mini Twitter storm over the Gospel Coalition tweets? That was painful. Did you see it? Yeah. yeah. So they were tweeting out sections of their theological vision for ministry. So it's this, it's this document that's existed for years. It sits on their website. So it's not brand oh, new. It was. Really? Oh, yeah. I been, thought it was just a no, series no, no. of. No, they just started tweeting out ch- sections of it. Oh. And at the very end of the thread, they said, this is taken from our theological vision for ministry, which has been sitting there for years. Did you see D.A. Carson's response to that? No, I didn't. What did he, he say? He wrote he wrote a blog post like this last week, I think after that happened. I'm okay. not quite sure of the timing. I think it was after. Just saying, hey, just remind everyone, we're a coalition. So oh. people might believe different things inside our coalition and okay. inside our camp. I didn't see that. It was, I, the timing of it just made <laughs> it a little weird. Here's the particular little, portion. Anyways. Here's the particular tweet that went kind of got a little uh, inflamed. It, they write, the gospel opens our eyes to the fact that all our wealth even wealth for which we worked hard is ultimately an unmerited gift from God. Now, this is the key sentence coming. Therefore, the person who does not generously give away his or her wealth to others is not merely lacking in compassion, but is unjust. Okay. The problem is with the word unjust. Now, a bunch of people said, what, you know, um, you know, Christians are supposed to be generous. Isn't it horrible that Christians don't like being generous? But everybody, the reason there was a flame out about it is because you're confusing biblical categories of justice and mercy. Mm. Uh, on, on the one hand, the gospel really is a wonderful inversion of justice and mercy. Mm-hmm. Jesus receives the perfect justice of God for our sin, and for his sake alone, we receive mercy. Mm. Okay, but this doesn't obliterate the categories of justice and mercy. Mercy is something that is completely undeserved. That's mercy. Justice is that which is deserved. Yeah. Okay? To say failure to give generously is unjust is a contradiction. Right. A generous gift is precisely something you don't deserve. That's right. Okay? Yeah. Um, Now, it certainly can be sinful not to be generous with what you've been given, but to say it's unjust is to... You you think that's what they meant? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's not what they said, but that's not what they said. Yeah. And and, and my point here is, is that um, yeah. it, when you start um, blurring these two things together, when you're not making these careful distinctions, you don't understand that the Bible requires this. So, for example, when Paul is asking for that offering in Second Corinthians, um, he specifically says that they need to decide uh, that God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. But it's you, you should decide in your own heart and then give freely based on yeah. what you have. Yeah. Give freely. Mm-hmm. It's not a demand. It's not required. That's what justice is, right? Um, it, it seems to me like this: this the church really needs to go through um, some years of purification, like well, the way the church well, has been acting. But, but here's, here's the you, thing: you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is the thing: when this kind of confusion flows like this, and you're just mixing these categories up, this is exactly what creates um, the soft socialism creeping in among conservative well, Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because if mercy and compassion are taken up into our definitions of justice, yeah. Yep. Then health mm. and welfare have been smuggled into the state. That's right. Okay. The state, in order to be just, has to take care of the poor. Right. Ah, right. that's not their job. It's right. not their job, and and it it's flo- to punish the wicked. It's exactly right. It's so. it's the job of families and churches to take care of the poor. Yeah, and one of the things that I'm seeing a lot in in, in all this is that this dichotomy between, well, rightly so, um, not just justice, but orthodoxy yeah orthopraxy yeah they get the orthodoxy right in the first part of the statement right but orthopraxy is out right <laughs> out yep. Yep. exactly you know. all right zach latin slugger <laughs> when we come back <laughs> on cross politics <laughs> classical conversation supports homeschooling parents by cultivating the love of learning through a christian worldview in fellowship with other families we provide a classical christ-centered curriculum local like-minded communities across the United States and in several countries, and we train parents who are striving to be great classical educators in the home. For more information and to get connected, please visit our website at classicalconversations.com. Classical. Christian. Get connected. Get community.
That's so good. <laughs> this is my new favorite jam right here. Yeah. I love that sauce. Welcome back to Cross Politic. Like, share, tag your friends. We're really grateful to have with us on this segment Mr. Zach Lautenschlager. He is the Vice President of Political Affairs and directs the National Association for Gun Rights, federal and state political programs and state affiliates, um, running state lobbying efforts and managing the state-level activities of the National Association for Gun Rights, Mm. um, the Political Action Committee. Uh, Zach founded South Dakota Gun Owners and offers extensive experience in establishing and building conservative organizations, Hmm. fundraising, grassroots mobilization, legislative programs, and campaign management. Zach and his wife Amy live in northern Colorado with their four children where they enjoy homeschooling, family music, Ah. entertaining guests in the great outdoors, and they're members of Emmaus Presbyterian Church. Oh, so Zach, those kids are baptized then. (laughs) From birth. (laughs) And I was gonna ask you, I was gonna ask you so And uh you just you just remind me that I need to update my bio. I now have six, so Oh I looked at that line. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And is Emmaus Presbyterian Church an OPC church? Yes it is. Hey, Hey. OPC in the house. Toby Toby grew up in the OPC. Uh, My my dad's an OPC minister and I I grew up I grew up in the OPC. Uh, the promised he, land. He's now down in uh, the Houston, Texas area. Oh. <laughs> he uh, he's working as a regional home missionary down in uh, for the Southwest Presbytery. Ah. Uh, and, and, and for our listeners, I try. I've been trying to get uh, Zach on since July. What? Hard guy to get on. Uh, our our buddy friend of the show, uh, Bradley Pierce. Yeah. Reference. He said you guys got to get Zach on sometime. So I've been trying since July to get Zach on, and he kept coming back and saying, "Hey, I'll, I'll come on. Just just." Just yeah. hold on. Okay. So we got him on. Well, thanks for joining us on Cross Politics, Zach. Thanks for the opportunity. Hey, uh, so one of the first questions many people have right off the bat is National Association for Gun Rights. Wait a second. That's not the NRA. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, what's what's the difference between the NAGR and the NRA? Well, first of all, the National Association for Gun Rights has four and a half million members nationwide. Um, so the, the NRA claims uh, somewhere between five and six, and so as far as size goes, we're roughly the same size. Yeah. The major difference between NAGR and the NRA uh, in brief is that NAGR won't give your money to Harry Reid. Oh. Oh. oh! So when you talk about my money, how much of my money do you want there, Zach? <laughs> <laughs> well, our memberships are $25 a year. Uh, but the question, and I do a lot of the marketing at NAGR now, a lot of the question we'll ask is, how much would you like to give? <laughs> well, let's finish this interview and let's talk about that when we get done. <laughs> so, uh, the longer answer regarding the NRA is that um, I'm an NRA member, um, and obviously many of our members are also NRA members. Um, we have uh, the deepest love and respect for the American gun owner. Um, we have a serious difference of, uh, of thought and action with those that lead the NRA. Unfortunately, they are okay with just about every brand of compromise when it comes to the Second Amendment, and mm. we are not. Mm. Hmm. So, what, do you, what do you mean by that? What, what what compromises are they making right now in the NRA? Well, the NRA just passed legislation that they claim to have written. Uh, they actually they, it was passed successfully um, this summer. Um, they call it fix nix, but what it does is it funds massive amounts of data mining in all kinds of different systems throughout uh, state and local government to find any little dirty reason uh, to deprive someone of their ability to own a, or, or purchase a firearm. Hmm. Um, so it could add it could add upwards of 400 million different records to the so-called National Instant Check System, which hmm. is a national registry. Right. Um, oh. So we can go into those details. This is something that Obama wanted and that the NRA signed off on <laughs> in 2016. They've, the NRA has wanted it since before that, but um, they call it Fix Nicks. Um, we opposed it in 2016 and defeated it, um, but this this year we were not able to, and we we came within two votes of defeating it this time. Wow! Um, but unfortunately, when you have a Republican-led House and Senate, which we all know is not conservative, and unfortunately on this one, President Trump um, went with the NRA and mm. the NRA all against us. We we couldn't fight it. When we had a when we had a, a left-leaning White House. 
um, that enabled enough people to oppose it to where right. we got the job. Right. Wow. But Man. That's, that's yeah. an example. Man. Um, yeah. That's the first time uh, in the last decade that, uh, a little more than, that gun control has actually passed on the federal level. Wow. And, and this has been the case no. for like the last you know, 20, 30 years where Republicans act more like Republicans when the Democrats are in control. Right. right? <laughs> Unfortunately, that is true. The Republicans in Congress, though, rarely act like Republicans, uh, period. <laughs> oh, oh. We, can, we can talk about that and we can discuss it. And I certainly have many friends on the Hill and there are obviously exceptions to that. Not every Republican is, is uh, going to sell out. Yeah. Um, we can talk about Rand Paul. We can talk about Mike Lee. Talk about Thomas Massey. We can talk about Justin Amash, hmm. and then we can talk about a lot of people who, who do good things. Um, mm-hmm. But in general, the Republican leadership in Congress is is no different from the Democrat leadership. Yep. Uh, neither of them are principled. Yeah. Has the NRA always been this way, Zach, or has it been corrupted in recent years? And are there particular factors playing into that? Well, when you say recently, you know, you can go all the way back to Civil War General Burnside's in the 1870s, and that's when the NRA was founded. So that's a lot of history. Um, But you can go back 24 years ago yesterday to the passage of the assault weapons ban. Um, And you can go back, which the NRA publicly opposed and privately did not. You can go back to just a few years before that with the passage of the Brady National Registry System, which the NRA openly claims to have written, and they did. Wow. Um, so you can go back 25 years and find it hmm. easily. What are some of the most important initiatives that the NAGR is doing right now? Right now, we're focused on the general elections. Um, and obviously, with uh, about 45, 50 days left, um, we are in the middle of operations with that. We operate in about 40 state legislatures and their related political battles. Hmm. And, of course, we operate on the federal level. Who should we be aware um, of that is um, that would be some some races to highlight for us? Yeah, sure. Well, you can look at um, you know, a lot of the focus is on publishing Democrat voting records. Um, interestingly enough, you know, we can talk about the Republican side, too. I can say that it's it's fascinating to see Congressman Pete Sessions uh, coming very close to possible. He could be defeated this time by the Democrat. And while I'm not excited about having a Democrat in that seat. Um, I'm currently not excited about the Democrat that sits in that seat <laughs> for all practical purposes. Yeah. So, um, you know, you can watch that race. Um, but then you have many, uh, many races across the country. There are five U.S. Senate races. Um, you might count six that are going to be very pivotal. If you look at Heidi Heitkamp in North Dakota, um, that's going to be a, a major race. Um, you can look at Joe Manchin in uh, West Virginia. Um, this is a guy who has led the fight for gun control for as long as he's been there. He's mm. an NRA-endorsed Democrat. Oh, wow. Oh, man. So yes. why, why are gun rights, why do gun, gun rights seem to be one of the most central battlegrounds in politics right now? Well, the right to keep and bear arms has always been a central battleground. Um, it is in any question. Um, it has been a central battleground in America, since before this was the United States, the order that was given on Lexington Green was lay down your arms. Huh. And that was the order that our forefathers looked at and said, no, that's unlawful. Yeah. When the king's representative said disperse, the, uh, Jonas Clark turned to his men and said, that's a lawful order. Turn around and we'll, we'll, we'll get out of the way. Huh. And yet when Pitcairn yelled, lay down your arms, that's when they refused and the British fired and the Americans fired back. So there, there really hasn't been a time in American history, and I submit there hasn't been a time in Earth history when who possesses firearms or the means of defense before firearms wasn't a central question. Wow. Yeah, but, but if no one had guns, we wouldn't be having all this fighting, though, Zach. <laughs> well, if you want to go back to the Stone Ages and you can act effectively uh, prosecute that on everyone, we can talk about it. But until then, people have guns. Yeah, but, you know, the truth is, is that are we really going to get into another war with our federal government? I mean, and if we do, are we, how are we going to be able to beat them with their airplanes and their their tanks, tanks and helicopters and missiles? I mean, your forty five might be nice against a criminal, but it's not going to really handle much against the federal government. I do what I do every day in the hopes that we will not get there, and I believe we are still we are that's that is not necessary. That's the whole point of the American system. 
you- um, and the American system works. So, you know, we could talk about, oh, well, do you want to use firearms to, to fight against your government? Well, our forefathers didn't want to either. They were also fighting the most powerful military force on the planet. Yeah. So whether or not it's effective, okay, we can have that discussion. Um, but you're talking about a constitutionally guaranteed right, which we defend politically and, quite frankly, successfully. So if we back up just a step from the constitutional thing, um, is it is it, we're Christians here. Is it Christian to be a robust supporter of the Second Amendment? Is that a, is that a biblical thing? And why, if it there is? You go. That's a great question. Great question. Thank you for that. Yeah. God's word commands us, thou shalt not murder. It also tells us that if a man is found in your house at night and you strike him so that he die, you are not guilty of bloodshed. Well, why is that not murder? And that's the the basic question that has to be asked. If we're going to say that Christians shouldn't be involved with firearms, well, then first of all, we're going to have to accept the fact that we're going to be looking at the Old Testament because that's where that command is. Right. Mm -hmm. So... And if we're going to do that, then we need to look at the rest of what did that mean and what does it mean today. And the right to self-defense is actually part and parcel of Sixth Commandment. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the, the necessity – I think I have that number correct. You do. <laughs> the necessity, yeah. Yeah. You do. The requirement <laughs> that uh, uh, laid on us that we not commit murder is uh, – in. It, incumbent in that is that we defend our own lives and that if it's wrong to take human life, it is acceptable to defend it. And that can be logically reasoned, but thankfully God did not leave us to do that. He gave us direct commands and then he gave us case law. So, so, you know, we're going to have to take it up with Abraham. We're going to have to take it up with David. You can have to take it up with with every, every great individual in scripture, uh, at one time or another, is, is is related to this somehow. Now, maybe I overspeak, but most. I'll say most. In virtually <laughs> yeah. every. Yeah. yeah, but part of, part of the debate, I mean, guns have caused a lot of problems also um, in the last couple of years. Um, For bad guys, with, yeah. With Well, with like <laughs> Michael Brown, um, oh, you know, some of, some of the police killings, but also the recent um, shooting in Dallas where the, the woman, the off-duty officer, walked into right. another man's house and shot him. And so how do we, how do we sort through... Um, this issue related to those circumstances? That's an excellent question. You And I may have misheard you there, but I think you said that guns cause a lot of problems, and I think that's where I would start and say, well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Uh, human beings and the evil in our hearts causes problems. Huh. Um, and right now in Europe, um, terrorists are killing people with trucks and knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it's not about the weapon. We can talk about the weapon, but my perspective is that if someone has an, a, a, a power to harm my family, then I want the power to match them. Yeah. And yeah. I want every individual to have that power to match them. How it's used is the question. We have laws for that. And frankly, those laws have worked very well in America until the last, uh, what, 25 years? You can do 50 years, you can talk about it. Of course, there was always crime. But why? what is the cause of problems we have right now? Well, it's a mix of perception some of it oh it's not it's not that different from the rest of earth history are there bad things yes is it somehow more terrible now than it's ever been before no no quite frankly it's not <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then how do we deal with these problems they, and they are real problems i'm not denigrating them they are real problems they do need to be dealt with well first of all i propose uh at, with our founding fathers that law-abiding citizens be allowed to defend themselves you know is that one of the then we can talk about it. yeah no, one of the things that as you're talking, I'm thinking about, you know, okay, I agree we're supposed to defend ourselves, but it seems like this isn't necessarily the hill we should be dying on. Right now, um, it, it, wouldn't it be more incumbent upon us just to worry about actually the preaching of the gospel as a Christian, the preaching of the gospel, change hearts, and let the rest of this stuff kind of work itself out um, instead of being so involved and putting all our money behind NRA or NA, NAGR? Or, you know, like. Is that really the hill for us Christians to really be dying on is, is gun rights in America right now? That's a great question. Um, I would ask you in return, are, are you sure you should really be um, providing food to your family? Um, <laughs> is that something you really should do or should we just preach the gospel? How about shelter? What level of shelter? Should we drive cars? What, do, what are we biblically required to provide if you, if, as fathers, we're commanded to provide for our families. In fact, we're told that we do not keep the faith if we do not provide. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen to say what. He's getting priests up on us. 
<laughs> he went priest up well, on you. <laughs> I, want to, I want to interpret Scripture with the rest of Scripture. So if we're going to agree that, yes, we are commanded to provide for our families, and if we do not do so, we are worse than infidels, the only question is, provide what? And the rest of Scripture tells us. And that any father who will not provide safety within his, within his means to his family is worse than an infidel. Yeah. So preaching the gospel and ignoring your ability to defend your family, I submit, is not Christian. I think he just he just I, he uh, just smacked you upside the head, uh, Chuck. Are you are you are you providing safety for your family, Knox? You know, actually, actually, uh, <laughs> earlier I was when I was getting ready for this interview, I looked up uh, the Westminster Larger Catechism. You would. I would, because mm-hmm. I'm a pastor. Yeah. I'm a nerd. That's, yeah. what, that's what he does. I went to yeah. the larger, the Westminster Larger Catechism. It says, uh, what are the duties required in the Sixth Commandment? It says, the duties required in the Sixth Commandment are all careful studies and lawful endeavors to preserve the life of ourselves and others. Mm. It goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this, this, this ties right into what Zach was saying, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a scripture proofs included yeah. all through the answer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the key, the scripture proofs for that section is uh, from Ephesians 5, um, commanding a husband to love his wife as his own body. Mm-hmm. No man ever hated his own flesh, his own body, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church. The Westminster Fathers saw um, the, the preservation of others' life as tied into loving your neighbor as yourself right. mm. and, and, and saw the care of a husband for his wife it would include protection, self-defense, um, wow. even yeah. there. Yeah, but you don't need a gun to be able to protect your wife, though, do you? Is yeah, that, you do. <laughs> do you have to have a gun to protect your wife? Knox. I'm just saying. Knox. Like, I think we need an intervention here, Zach. <laughs> so the question is, what threat do you have to meet? Do you really want to bring a knife to a gunfight? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. When your no. life is on the line? Right. That's yeah, real. If, if the other guys have a knife, and then the question is, do you want to bring a knife to a knife fight? Yeah, but Zach, if, if they, the make, guys are better if they make guns illegal, then the bad guys won't have guns. You see in America, and that's a great question. I mean, sure, okay, I, I get the joke. I really do. But I think it exposes another more important point, or at least another point, if I may. Um, and that is, who is they? Well, in America, they is us. Mm. We are responsible for the laws in our country, and, a fail, and allowing our, our government, for whom we are responsible before God, to pass laws which prohibit us from obeying God's law mm. is in itself wrong. We're culpable for that. Mm. That's good. So can we work on every area? No, we can't. Um, I've been called to work in this area, and I'm very thankful for it, and I've spent my adult life over 20 years working on in gun rights politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm fiercely pro-life, and I have I've been blessed to uh, help candidates win, run their campaigns, who have gone on to do things like actually outlaw abortion. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Yeah. That's great. Um, so we weren't ultimately successful, but we did pass the law. Yeah. Amen. So, Zach, what's your favorite gun? <laughs> well, that's a great question. I am a huge history nerd. And so modern guns are great. I own a few because it's necessary to defend your family. That's not what I'm fascinated by. I love the brown best musket. I have one. It <laughs> uh, hangs on my wall in my office. Wow. I love what it means. I love the Kentucky rifle. I love the Jagger. So we can, I mean, we can go on and on. But if we're talking, I love historic weapons. And, and, you, and you fire those weapons? Oh, yes. I also love my belt-fed M249. Okay. Okay, I was going to say, what do you protect your family with? Because I think you want a little more firepower than that, though, right? <laughs> well, I told you I have a few modern weapons for that purpose. I do really love, I love the 249 saw. Um, I really love the BAR from World War II. I don't have one. You can't get them, but mm. without, but, yeah. Without so, having lots have, of money. <laughs> I, I might have to tell you, well, you have to pick a category, and then I'll tell you which one. Ah, gotcha. And, and so, real quick, what would you recommend to a homeowner? What would you recommend to a man to protect his family with? What do you recommend? Oh, that's Grenades. a great question. There are so many variables there. Um, the first um, the first rule about uh, buying about having a gun is to have one, if you think you need one. Um, but from there, you know, the, the, it's, it's, a very, it's a very good question, but it's also a very technical question, honestly. Yeah. Um, many people like a handgun. Which one? Depends on what you're comfortable with. Uh, some people really like a shotgun. Yeah, and if it's the right one, that's a great choice. Yeah. So how can people join NAGR or find out more about what you guys are doing, Zach? 
Thanks for asking. You can go to nationalgunrights.org, nationalgunrights.org, to join our organization. Um, we're under some um, under some some, uh, some construction right now. So as you guys know, as you looked at our website, there's some outdated stuff up there. It's, it pops up as we sort through and, and fix some of that. So our apologies to start with, but you can join us there. Um, we recommend that you get on our email list. Um, we have over four and a half million people who get our emails, wow. um, and that's. That's a big deal when it comes to defending gun rights. I um, also highly recommend looking at our Frontline Defender program. You can sign up and for you know for ten bucks a month, it's easy. It's just auto deducted, um, and it puts you it literally on the front lines. That's what enables us to employ. We employ over sixty people, um, and we are lobbyists on the hill, and it's spread out all over through the country, and then at our headquarters here in Colorado. Um, and that's what enables us to have people ready to go. Are people who say, you know what, I want to be a regular donor. We can, we can count on that. Uh, it's like being a minute man. Mm, that's awesome. That's great. Hey Zach, thank you for coming on the show and putting up with us. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, I've enjoyed every single minute of it, and I hope to meet y'all person. Yeah, uh, amen. Well, thanks for your work. Thanks for your work for the kingdom. I mean, this is Absolutely. important stuff, and yeah. I'm really grateful to have a somebody like you that's doing right. this kind of work who yeah. understands this from a biblical theological yeah. perspective. So praise God and and God bless your family. Amen. Thanks. You go thank sign you. up during this break, and we'll come back with more cross politic next. Well. CrossPolitik has a new sponsor. Who, you might be asking? Decree Design. Decree Design is a graphic design and web development company that serves your business by helping you speak clearly through visual representation. Serving 90-plus businesses in logo design, print design, brand strategy, web development, and more. Decree Design has a skill and personal touch to customize a package specifically catered to your needs of your business, great or small, and provide personal assistance every step of the way. Whether you're a well-established real estate broker or entrepreneur getting your business off the ground, Decree Design will help your company's visual presence speak clarity and truth. For more information, please visit decreedesign.co or schedule a consultation with Joe at decreedesign.com. Yeah, Joe at decreedesign.com. Hey, and tell them Cross Politics sent you. I don't know what we're doing next. I have no idea. Uh, Toby, you ready? I just feel like I'm you're rushing there. me. I just feel I'm like you're rushing me. I'm always rushing. Yeah, there's nothing new. Man. <laughs> Zach Loudenschlager. Yeah, Loudenschlager. Oh. Oh. But do you need a tank, though? I do. Why? Uh, oh, oh, a tank. <laughs> Yes, so, I'm gonna I give you some coffee. I need some coffee. I'm gonna give you some. That's one question we should have asked them. Did you know this coffee is available at CrossPolitik.com? Oh, really? It really is. Is it, yeah. is it really good coffee? You want me to pour your coffee? Is it huh? roasted locally here in Idaho? My people stopped pouring coffee a long time ago for your people, but if you want me to, I guess out of love, I can pour you some coffee. <laughs> I need some coffee now. Yeah, yeah help, help tell me out. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Oh no, get it. That's an apparatus. Thank you, that, Jesus. That you know, scares me. You know the that thing that me. I uh, I really I really appreciated about Zach. Yeah. Um, was man that he's OPC his, Presbyterian. That he lives me he up. Baptized OPC. All six of his What's up? He, 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 he understood. He understood the keys of the kingdom. Yes, he uh, did. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, too fun, guys. Thank See, you. If you are a cross politic club member, you would know what that means. Yeah. You, would. you know what I'm saying with you the would. shotgun series. Oh. Mm. I love the fact that he did not flinch. No, he didn't. Lo- he didn't miss a beat when no. you asked him a question about. But shouldn't we be preaching the gospel? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he said, "Okay, but isn't a, isn't it required that a Christian man provide for his family? And a, and a Christian man who does not provide for his own family, First Timothy five says, is worse, worse than, than an, an infidel, unbeliever. worse yep. than an unbeliever. Yep. And so he connected that." One of the direct implications, applications of the gospel is self-defense and defense of your family, provision of your family. And I I noted uh, during that the segment, um, the the Westminster Larger Catechism even ties a husband's love for his wife, treating his wife as his own body, which he uh, nourishes and cherishes. Incidentally, nourish and cherish literally means to feed and keep warm. So literally, it means a husband is required to put food in her cabinets and in her fridge and to make sure she has clothes in her closet and a roof over her head right. and heat on in the right. wintertime. Preach, preach um, and that includes protecting his wife and by extension, his family, just as much as he would protect himself. Right. Um, I love the fact he didn't miss that. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, but, you know, I think I kind of said this, too, which yeah. is like, 
but it's not telling us what type of protection. But I love how he said to meet equally mm-hmm. with the forces coming at you. I right. thought that was a great example. At least equally. At least I mean, yeah. equally. How, how are you <laughs> yeah. going to actually defend? Right. Yeah. Um, you're going to bring a knife to a gunfight. And so, but here, here's a question I have though for you. Would you say that it's the civil magistrate's job to make sure that you should be able to do that? So if they limit you from doing that, is a civil magistrate sinning? That, that's what Zach said. Yeah, that's Pretty what I'm much, saying. Right? So, so the civil magistrate yeah. does not allow you to take care of your own family. He's, he's saying that. So, the, so the, are the, you so, saying that the, that the magistrate should provide a gun in every household? No. <laughs> allow for the possibility. No, 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 no. Provide everyone no, with a gun? No, 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 no. Are you done? <laughs> are you done? Uh, are, you, are, you, are you done? Um, no. New kind of socialism No, there. no, no. The, 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 the idea, because whatever the government gives, the government can take away. Yeah. yeah. That's not even there. Yeah. Yeah. No. What, what he's saying and what I think is exactly right is that um biblically speaking we have natural rights we have what the constitution calls inalienable rights right right given to us directly by god God, yeah the creator um they're natural rights we are born with those rights to defend ourselves Mm -hmm. and to defend those that god has put under our care and that includes by necessary inference the means by which to do so yeah right and so there ought to be no infringement of that right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's one of the things. Just to go back to our first segment, it's one of the things I really loved about Kavanaugh. Mm. Kavanaugh. Na, 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 okay, I'm not good. Anyway, that's one of the things I. You I, just. I, I did it. You, did, I, you know what he's going to do with that. Uh, don't do it. Damn yeah. it. Uh, you're right. Shame on me. I had to, I had to get to that County Crow. Yeah. Right Are we now, doing counting Crows? Yeah, that's one of the things I really loved about Kavanaugh. Live on Kavana- Cross Politic. <laughs> Con- Kavanaugh. I'm not going to do that again. Kavanaugh really. Did every time a question was asked, he went back to the Constitution. He went back to the case laws, I, and and they, he really did say, "I want to rule, or I want to answer questions based on what the Constitution yeah. said." Now that gave me a lot of hope. Yeah, he kept on going, saying, "The Constitution the, says, the Constitution says, wow. precedent says, case law says, Constitution right. says." Mm-hmm. I'm still laughing over here about the fact that you you watched the Kavanaugh hearings um, for your family devotions <laughs> with your with your kids for family train up a child, family and, worship, yeah. children, right. Kavanaugh, all three nights. All right, let's sing Psalm two now <laughs> <laughs> hey, why do the heathen nations vainly rage but wouldn't it be great if christians practice what kavanaugh did with the constitution with the scripture oh and every time a question came up or something came up oh we can answer say well god says the bible well, says the bible says paul says <laughs> genesis according says to the scriptures right which know, is actually what zach did that's exactly right he right. said well you know deuteronomy the exodus says that if yeah. if somebody is found breaking and entering and you strike him and he dies Exactly yep. you, right. You're okay. The exactly. government's not coming after you. Yeah. It's too much coffee. <laughs> Shaking <laughs> over the. What's going on? But I think this is a failure of the Christian church and and Christian pastors in particular mm-hmm. to push all of God's word, the whole counsel of God, into every area of life. Yeah. It is. I mean, and and, and I think because you know what happens if you do that. You're, you're making, getting trouble. Yeah, you're making. Oh, I was going to say post millennialism. I was thinking the other way around. <laughs> now, See, now like, how about, of course, how we're about getting Toby, trouble. How about trouble? Toby, where where there's gray areas? Yeah, and there's maybe, no gray areas. Maybe it's not. There's no even, gray areas. Okay, so, but maybe it's not even your expertise. <laughs> like you yeah. aren't an economist, and right. you're you're bringing you're you're yes. making judgments in that, or right. you. But you're not an economist. But if you are a pastor, you are required to bring God's word. So that means you might not know how to vote on a particular bill. Mm-hmm. And I and I think it's typically uh not wise, not smart for pastors to be getting giving, you know, direct instructions about voting on this particular uh tax bill probably. Well, what about property taxes? Okay. I but, see I see that as one of the most evil but here's the deal. taxes assessed by the government. Yeah, okay, good. My and, point though is stop looking at me like that. You got a point. My point my Okay, I'm gonna wake Toby up. I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna get what's my point mean is Modi? what's got, mean Vody or got, whatever. It's gonna be mean Toby or something. You gotta teach. <laughs> you gotta teach the whole council of God. And so, I, and I would say that includes is is property tax the most evil kind of tax there is? I think it's one of the most yeah. evil. What does it mean to tax somebody's property? It means you don't own it. It means you don't own it. Yeah. It's, it's theft. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a breach of of the eighth commandment. Right. But what if? Uh, there's examples in the Old Testament where you, you own your own property and the government's telling you certain ways that you need to glean or not glean your, your property. So the government's actually telling you how to function with your property. As far as I know, there were no penal- civil penalties for failure to do that. Right. So if you, you are required by God, and so I would say that's one of those places where 
Um, there, civil penalty, but church penalty, perhaps. Okay. Yeah. So, so church discipline so, can happen for so something like moral, that. So moral. So it's a moral. It's an application of the law uh, to in a moral way mm-hmm. um, for that culture. And I would say then that's um, that, that is, there is a precedent there. Then that means that there we there are ways in which I think you could have. L- laws <laughs> yes chocolate nice uh, what would you do if somebody wasn't actually allowing for someone to glean so like biblically say like yeah. someone in your congregation isn't being yeah. loving the neighbor in that I way i would go to him and i would say brother you, you didn't uh you, you're not letting these these poor people glean and he says uh yeah i am leave me alone i'm fine and i ha- happen to know for sure he's not mm-hmm. so i'll bring two or three witnesses mm-hmm. say brother um you know this 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 young lady she, you you said she couldn't lean on your your property. She's right. poor. She's, you know, this is a stranger. He's from Mexico. Yep, you yep. know, he's from Russia, whatever. Ooh, immigra- he brought immigration. Okay. Um, keep going. And <laughs> then he says, he says, uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like the, I don't like those people. I don't let them on my land. He's racist too. Then I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to say, brother, I'm going to take this up before the elders. Ooh. So we tell it to the church. You follow Matthew 18. So what would be a modern day but I don't think application of gleaning? Yeah. Because, you know. I knew you were going to ask this question. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, man, question. good 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 question. For 500. Well, first of all, so what my point, though, is it's not government coerced. Okay. Yeah, so right. almost any time you start talking about taking care of the poor, everybody says there ought to be a law. Mm-hmm. No, there ought not be. Right. No, there ought not to be a law. Now, if you murder a poor person, if you steal from a poor person. Right. If, but if, you're, if you're making poor people. Yeah, that's a problem. Well, it depends on what you mean by that. I mean, again, well, well, we the, have to keep these spheres distinct. I have Paul, no problem Paul, with that. Paul but, made Demetrius but poor. for years, for years, there, we have. That was seen, a mic drop moment, and he spoke over it. Man. <laughs> what I, said, I said, Paul <laughs> made Demetrius poor. Demetrius uh, the silversmith in Ephesus. <laughs> yes, because that's what a whole riot broke out. So let's just act like we're having a conversation for a second. So <laughs> there, there have been times in our culture and our history where we've seen. Uh, oppression lead to a particular yeah. poor, poorness in a community because of what yeah systematic uh, is, yeah basically. it's been done to yeah. them yeah uh, it's been so in one like, sense black people can't live in this part of the the town or yeah, zoning or, laws zoning whatever, laws yeah. stuff like that also what's been done to Indians we've seen yeah. a lot of that and yeah. we see even with Hispanics some of that same yeah. thing has yeah. been done and, and, and we Asians gave, and Asians, and, Asians. Absolutely. and we gave Indians property so this different when you're doing something that is forcing a particular yeah. type of economic structure to a group of people then that should stop now it doesn't mean that you go and you know, you have to make sure everybody's rich. I'm not saying that, but no, no, the no. form of oppression that's is right. the sin itself. That's right. yeah, yeah. So that's that's um, a that's infringing on people's natural rights. Almost like stealing, I guess you would say yeah. too. Right? It's it's a it, so I I don't think there should be a law against where you can live. Right, right. I mean, there's there's absolutely no precedent for that. Message. Right. Um, they are infringing on people's natural. Um, Inalienable rights. Inalienable rights. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. To, yeah. to live where they want to live, to but move the, where they want to but move. But that would be a sin. The question is then, depending on what's going on, yeah, it could also a, be a crime. I'm actually going to say it's a crime. So then the civil magistrate should actually be involved in stopping someone from doing yeah. this right. to another person. Exactly. Um, that's because it's a form of it's a form of theft. You're prohibiting. It's, it's a you're form keeping of. Away. I don't know, like yeah. sort of like a. It's it's kind of like man stealing. It's you know it's kind of like right. you know you're, in a certain way you're sort of boxing them in and saying you can only go this way you know this far. Yeah. Right. Um, you're, you know, putting them on a, a reservation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we gave know. you property. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're, you're boxing people in, yeah, and it's right. you know maybe it's a really big prison. Well, first, first we stole their property, and then we yeah. gave it gave a little bit back to them. Yeah, it's a mess. But, yeah. It's a mess. But yeah. I think it's it. it um, I, I so my main point back to your your question. Um, what what are modern day gleaning laws? What what this should look like? I yeah. would just I I really don't know. Um, yeah. but I think depending, I think the principle is is that. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, God wants you not to be grasping. That's right. That, well, that, I'll, and, I'll, and, 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 by, and, and connected to that, not be exacting. He yeah. wants us to leave extra. Yeah, well, that's yeah. right. Le- leave your corners untrimmed. He Don't go to, over it twice. Yeah, that's good. Um, and that's so good, I think yeah. there's, there's probably a myriad of applications of this. My, uh, the first thing I want to say is, first of all, though, it's not something that the civil government is supposed to well, to monitor or regulate. That's right. I, that's but right. we should preach it, and we should practice it, and we should encourage one another to do it. Listen, yeah. you want to see an application of modern-day gleaning laws. Nobody's going to like this, but a, a good application was when you walk inside of Walmart and you see the person who isn't mentally capable of doing anything else, and they created a job for that person, 
yeah. to be able to work there because then they wouldn't be able to get a job anywhere. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. A sure. good, that's a good way to do that. Sure. And if you have a company, I don't yeah. think it applies to everybody. And you should be free to do that. You should be free not, to do that. Not required to if, do if it. You can do it. But but free to do it. Yeah. And and we ought to and Christians in particular ought to be at the leading in this, saying yeah. how yeah. can we bless and benefit? Um, how can we be generous? Yeah. And well, and, and it's interesting that this is like a personal blessing yes you know because god god calls us to tie it to the church exactly and then he also calls us to personally give it's really good and that's really important gabe it's really important because the personal aspect of it is what is what makes it grace right amen grace is always personal you can't regulate grace right you can't have policies for dispensing grace Mm -hmm. i mean that's Come on, that's Roman. That's, yeah. that's Roman Ooh. Catholicism. Ooh. You know, like Ooh. you're gonna go to your dispensary Ouch. and you're gonna get your download of grace. You can't. Yeah. You can't do that, Ooh. right? Grace is grace is personal. Yeah, which means that it has to be left up to the freedom of people, individuals, to give out of the overflow of the, of God's grace in their heart. Okay, but we we started this whole conversation off talking about how pastors need to get all the way get the gospel all the way down into the dirty aspects yep. of our lives. So preach that. You preach that. Don't be nebulous. Preach, preacher. Don't don't be nebulous don't with be your nebulous. application of the gospel. Yeah. But um but bring the gospel and and use it as a judgment among your people, right? Um, in in the gleaning laws, you say laws gospel and, and judgment. What do you mean by I that? Did. Yeah, actually, the gospel does judge. It judges. Ooh, what it ju- you mean by it that? It judges. It brings blood and it it's brings grace. water. Yeah, um, it's, it's a cross. It's a bloody cross. And I, you know, in in kind of regards to the the gleaning laws and some of those applications, uh, one of the things I was I was having a conversation with a good friend yesterday on this very topic, and and we were kind of discussing about how the gospel. How sometimes pastors might not know the circumstances, sure. and it might be great, like a statesman, like you're talking, in, you're talking to a statesman, you're counseling a statesman, but you might not know all the details, sure. and so you need to kind of stay back a little bit. Is, is it my question? Um, sure. No, you I, need I think to be I mean, careful a, in how you approach a, that. A pastor needs to be wise, absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a pastor needs to be a wise man. First Timothy three, Titus one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the qualifications for elders are is is a lot of wisdom. Yeah. A lot of wisdom, and he's he's been ruling his own household well, and and a good father, a good husband, isn't a micromanager. Yeah, we don't. We're not. Yeah. I mean, that's not being a good head to micromanage your wife. Or All right, micromanage- kids, turn cross politic off right now. Hey, My yeah, kids, if you watch it, turn this off. Okay, now you can now, go. What were I, you saying? I agree with Pastor Wilson's <laughs> philosophy of child rearing, which is that when they're little kids, when they're really little, yeah. it's a totalitarian dictatorship. Yeah, that's yeah. what my house is right now. Okay, so there is a kind that's why of you tell them turn it yeah, off. There's dictator, a, not <laughs> run the house with an iron fist. Yeah, do they salute you when you walk in the house? They better. <laughs> when when uh, hey, hey, okay, so when hey, they're looks. when they're little, there's a kind of micro managing going on i grant that but 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 to grow them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord means that you are you are training them to leave Mm. you are which means that you have to be um you need to be letting off as children are getting older you're letting them do their chores you're letting them to do things with their friends you're expecting them and you still gotta man you're still responsible for them but you're training them to leave yep right and uh, let me let me add a little story to this i was speaking at a homeschool co-op uh this past week and in the audience, there was a mother breastfeeding their two-year-old child. Uh-oh. And I was like, I was like, the whole point of your child should be going, pushing them towards maturity. And and you doing that to your child is not pushing them at Uh-oh. all. Gabe, you just towards, got us a bunch of hate mail. You towards know maturity. <laughs> I know. I probably did. <laughs> Send your, but, your information to contact at crosspolitics.com. I, I was just seeing an example of that principle yeah. there in the audience where it's yeah. like you aren't encouraging your child to any sort right. of maturity. Well, and, and, and when you keep micromanaging your kids into like their teenage years, yeah, you right. are you are enforcing child childishness yes, you're, right. you're requiring yeah. them not to grow up not to take responsibility not to think for themselves not to think for themselves yeah. or take responsibility yeah. for themselves now listen yeah. before we go you told me about a child that was actually thinking very clearly for themselves oh and, man and that was very wise yeah. <laughs> very mature oh man you guys um some of you've been following this story in china right now yeah. where there's been this pretty significant crackdown um on oh, yeah. on the church in yeah. china yeah um they've had relative religious freedom but but technically since i think 1982 mm-hmm. um you've you're supposed to register with the state most of the most faithful churches don't register with the state way to go but they've been able to buy buildings 
make uh, start schools and all this stuff, and they just do it out in the open. It's and, hard to regulate a billion people. And they, That's yeah, what it comes down yeah, to. And, but they've not registered. And so yeah. the, sort of the underground church in China basically yeah. just means they're not registered. And, and you, because, right. And because, you know they aren't really underground anymore. That's been absolutely. part of the problem. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're yeah, not yeah, underground perfect. at all. It just yeah. means that they didn't register because, and here's the thing, because one of their inalienable rights is to worship God freely. Amen. They have the natural right to gather as Christians to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, and Amen. they don't need China's permission to do it. Uh-uh. That's um, right. This is why, uh, and this is why it's important that they not register. Um, one of we, I've got some, I've got a friend, some friends at a, one of the particular churches that's one of these uh, prominent underground, unregistered churches. They've been getting harassed over the last year or so. Um, police officers showing up and just observing worship services as acts of intimidation. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one guy um, told the story about a, a police officer there just sort of sitting there and glaring. Wow. Um, and I would baptize. I would run up and baptize in the name of <laughs> That's why you're not a missionary in China. But he but he, he told the story. He said this police officer was sitting up next, up near the front so he could see everybody. Which wow. is and, it, and and the way, when it came time for communion, the people actually went up front to take communion and they all had to walk right by the police officer nice. and the elders and deacons were standing right there with the elements and so they'd walk right by the police officer, take communion and go back to their seat and, and, this, and this guy I said the symbolism was just powerful, like wow. walking right by the police officer, unafraid, wow. and worshiping Jesus. Yeah, goosebumps. Oh man! Um, in another story, to, there was to me. there was a police officer um, there, and the preacher, the minister of the gospel, in the middle of his sermon, turned and began preaching at the police officers that were there in attendance, wow. saying, um, "The Lord Jesus Christ calls you to submit to Him." Um, wow! And, and just preached the gospel right at them. Said, "We will not be intimidated." We are here in the name of Jesus. We have the authority of Jesus to be here to worship him. And you are called to submit to him. You're required by God to use your authority in obedience to him. Can we get him over here? We need need him. My my favorite story has been, so uh, over the course of the last year, most of the people in this one church have at one time or another been actually detained now by police officers, bussed to to, uh, detention centers where they're interrogated and questioned and kept for a couple of days sometimes, 24 hours, 48 hours before being released. One one of the craziest things is, is he says that he's got these pictures that he was showing me of of these uh these groups of chinese christians having been released from their detentions um, he says they come out and they all they sing hymns together <laughs> as they're coming out of their detention and then they have their pictures taken in front of the police station <laughs> so that they can rejoice document so their, they can document yeah, the fact good. that they have had an opportunity to be persecuted yeah. for the name of jesus yeah. my favorite story by far was um the one he told about after this detention a number of children had been detained and a um and and he he uh he sent me this uh, copy of this letter um, from a, a Christian school. It's actually a classical Christian school Amen. in China. Yes, and this Message. and this is a fifth grade girl, mm. a fifth grade girl writing my daughter's um, to the police officer, the police officer that arrested that arrested them. Yeah, yeah. And and he, and she writes this: "Greetings to you all." She's writing to the police officers. As I write this letter, I have many questions. I will list them below for you. Number one. Why do you write in some places when the people have faith, the nation has strength, and the people have hope? I don't understand why. If we have faith, you say that we are holding an illegal gathering. But I want to tell you that no matter what you do, you cannot destroy the Lord's church. (laughs) This is not because we are strong, but because the Lord is with us. He was crucified on a cross and shed his blood to cleanse us. She started preaching the gospel. And do not say that I have been brainwashed. (laughs) Wow. Number two, why do you beat people? Don't you know Article 22 of the People's Police Law of the People's Republic of China? One line in Article 22 states, People's policemen may not extort confessions by torture or subject criminals to corporal punishment or maltreat them. It is written right there. The People's Policemen may not do such a thing. Haven't you read it? It's not like you can't read. <laughs> but I want to tell you that the names of the people you are beating are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, amen. We hope that your names may also be written in it, yep. which is why I want to share the gospel with you through paper and pen, like the apostles of the Lord who wrote the Bible. I hope you still have the Bible you confiscated. That way you can read them. You can keep it now. You say that you've come to our church, but you didn't come to listen to the preaching of the word. May God give you grace so that one day you may come in order to eagerly listen to the word of God. Smiley face emoji. Do you still remember those Bibles and tracts? I really do hope you can read them because they are treasures, especially the Bible. 
The Bible records many of the words and actions of Jesus, his humble birth in Bethlehem, how he died for the sake of love. It's not a romance novel. And how he rose in glory three days later. He has already come once and he will come again. And that day is near because the Bible says there will be many earthquakes. The great earthquake 10 years ago on May 12th proves that this day is near. (laughs) I really hope you can visit our church and hear the word because the more you understand the Bible, the better you will understand God. My family, my church, and I hope that you could be baptized. May you believe in the Lord soon, for the time is near, sharing the gospel with you, a fifth grader from the church. So good. So you hear something like that, and you know who's winning. Right? Jesus. Who's winning? Jesus is winning. That's right. China, you don't have a chance. (laughs) China, you don't have a chance. That's right. The fifth graders have you on the run. Right? (laughs) Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants have you ordained strength because of our enemies. And America, America, you need to take a note from this fifth grade girl and learn to love your enemies and stand firm for the truth. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Crust Politics. Why are you trying to make me cry up in here? <laughs> you can't do that on camera. <laughs>